She's digging through the bag of holding when she feels a sharp edge, a dagger or an arrow, or maybe just the edge of a particularly vicious scroll. Slice open the pad of a finger. Kira hisses under her breath, immediately withdraws her hand to stick one finger in her mouth. And then, turning slowly as she notices Brick smirking at her, What? It's a paper cut. Your scrolls aren't leaving enough room for my loose, unsheathed weapons. Oh, yeah. Totally. Right. When Kira goes back to digging through the bag, it's with one hand, more distracted if not quite more careful. She feels another jab, and this time withdraws Brix's magic space gun. Something flutters at the back of her mind. Um, hey, Brix? What's it like when you... You know... When you cast magic, um, shield or, 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 or magic missile, uh, what does it feel like? She gestures with a hand, summoning a tiny violet shield around her fist, partly in demonstration and partly to show off. There's this place inside of me that used to have something in it, something that was taken from me. For a while, that's all it was to me. Like a cenotaph, you know? Emptiness memorialized. But I was wrong. Nothing ever truly remains nothing. Something grew there. I grew there in that absence. And when I do this... And he pulls out a vial of liquid silver, squeezing a drop to the dusty ground, mushrooms up into a translucent hovering disc, which he foists himself upon with some effort. I realized that loss... It made space for me to change. My magic is both remembrance and affirmation. It's an echo. Kira listens absently, passing the glow of purple from one hand to the other, holding it too close to her face as though she can see all the answers to her unasked questions on the skin of the shield if she just tries hard enough. Oh, uh... Well, thanks. That's cool, I guess. Um, but I sort of meant, like, um... Physically. You know? Like, um... Like, like when we're fighting and if I get if I get mad or, or scared or excited enough and I get all mm, blurry, you know? She holds up her other hand now, imagining the spaces between her fingers softening at the edges. Or like the thing I saw Vargas do when he got taller and then I got taller. Or even just when he makes his arm longer. Or she sits up recalling abruptly as she does so. It's a lot like, um, you know, the needle gun thing that you... Oops. Without meaning to, she releases a bright plume of purple off into the sky, wincing as she does. Oh, I hope that doesn't hit anyone. Awkwardly, she tucks the space gun back into her bag. Turning back to Brick, she shrugs, casually shakes away the remains of both the magic missile and the shield she'd conjured. Uh, anyway, thanks. And thanks for the new tricks, too. I'm, you know, never sure where they come from, but I definitely couldn't do any of it before I met you and Asher. I guess it's all magic anyway, right? Yeah, right. She doesn't notice her finger is no longer bleeding where she cut it. This is Pod Against the Machine. Pod Against the Machine.
Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play where the corn grows on trees and everyone cries about it. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Hello. <laughs> if we were to have a Pot Against the Machine camping trip, would we not be able to have s'mores? I know that's not relevant to what we're talking about now, but it does feel really important. You mean because, like, the vegan thing? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to look, and I'm not blaming you, but um, I'm blaming you. Dandies. dandies, they're everywhere. Candies. Yeah, dandies are across across the country. You can get them in like Whole Foods, any place where people are paying too much for their food products. You can find them there. They're delightful. Okay, well, now that's settled. Hey, everyone, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello. Try dandies. I'm also growing my own mallow, and I'm thinking about trying to make marshmallows. I'm thinking about it. I haven't looked into how bad that would be. It's like the Samest thing you've ever said. I strive to be such a Sam. The most Samest. I don't know if it was like I'm making my own mushroomallows. That's that's true. That's true. You didn't say mushroom. Mushmallows. I love mushmallows. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> awful. That is way better. I don't know. Yeah, that that the flavor texture combo of like a mushroom flavored marshmallow is very upsetting. That's mm-hmm. that's a top. Seasonally appropriate goo tube. That's Daffa goo tube. Daffa goo tube. <laughs> you know, like when they bring back the cereals that are only around for Halloween, you got to get those Halloween goo tubes of marshmallow mm. <laughs> and weeping corn. Mm. <laughs> I'm really sad. I wish I hadn't said anything. You should be. You you killed the, my beautiful boy. Oh well, I mean, I I can say this now. Kind of underwhelming first experience with a huge creature. Um, as whatever the name of our party is at this point. Write in with your idea of what our party should be called. (laughs) I am appalled that they would do that to Keith David's face. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, God, now I can't unsee that. That does look like it's Keith David in heavy makeup. (laughs) He's never going to be on the podcast now. Keith, we love you. That's like if they did live-action gargoyles. That would be like his Goliath. Oh, wait, that, I would definitely watch that. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Or like a musical. <gasps> or on ice. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> gargoyles on ice. Unfortunately, it's a Netflix reboot. Ugh. <laughs> Keith. As a Patreon goal, we'll be self-producing gargoyles on ice. <laughs> gargoyles on ice. Featuring Starring Keith David. How old is he now? 72 or something year old Keith David at Goliath. <laughs> Absolutely. Ice skating in 20 pounds of makeup. <laughs> yeah. And just like a just massive set of prosthetics. And um, yeah. like, he hates it, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, but it's great. Oh, no, he's only 66. He's not as old as I thought he was. Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be old to be yeah. ice skating in 20 pounds of prosthetics. <laughs> totally good. <laughs> it'll be great by the time we raise the $85 billion it'll take to buy the property from Disney because they own everything. Oh, oh, that's right. I was like, no, we can do it. We can, like, film in a Midwestern ice rink somewhere and uh, not pay Keith David. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> no, we just trick him and Jonathan Frakes and the rest of the cast into coming out under false pretense. <laughs> well, last time on the program, the party had a rather abrupt meeting with Red Tooth, no relation, no, Red Fang, no relation to Red Tooth, who um, took a little bit of offense to being called Red Fang, even though his, you know, his mouth was red. I mean, 
It's just a whole red situation there. And they also met Hoskett, the um, self-appointed sort of town reporter. And um, after some brisk introductions and sort of being rushed out of the place, um, the party offered to help the busy, grumpy man in any way they could. And he told them to go deal with the farmer who's been complaining about monsters, but who always complains about monsters. The uh, party went and investigated this grumpy old farmer's farm north of the um, town wall and found that though it smelled of pigs, there were no pigs. And um, no one answered when they called out the farmer's name. But there were terrifying scratch marks in the ground and after some quick investigation of the corn trees... They found a 15-foot-tall monster that was a fusion of a bear, a stag, a gorilla maybe, and like a squid. A horrible Yaogoi, which, um, it was doing alright till it went blind and got murdered. F's in the chat. It, it hit Kira a few times, but it's dead now. I can only She's hope fine. that Hoskett's... Uh, beat reporter writing says, quote, it was doing fine <laughs> until it went blind and got <laughs> murdered. <laughs> um, so that's where we are now, standing out in a cornfield um, with the corpse of a beast lying in its nest it made out of corn trees. And um, yeah. Well, I think we all know what has to be done to prove that this beast was really here. And Asher will make a survival check to harvest yes, a trophy from the Yaogwai. Oh, no. <laughs> Can I do the opposite of aid? <laughs> Whatever that no. is. <laughs> Try to stop him. <laughs> Just totally get in his face. You could do the exact of aid. Uh, I got an 18, which is not awful, but unless the creature's CR is 3 or lower, that was insufficient. CR is definitely higher than three. I can aid. I mean, we'd probably have to get a couple aids for it to be have enough. Have those two. Yeah, that's our, assuming everyone else will also jump in. Take it two. Have right. it two. There you go. Let's <laughs> CR five or lower. <laughs> no, still not. Yeah, I know. He's trying with a light hammer for ten minutes. Oh, just... <laughs> The butt of his gun, just pistol whipping off. Just bashing <laughs> chunks off of this thing, and it's just the mess gets worse and worse. Yeah. Oh, Here's put away all of her actual cutting tools to uh, just let's, dive in with her bare hands. Let's try for the claw. Maybe I can just <laughs> step on it here. If you just Crunch. if you wiggle it, just wi- if you just wiggle. No, that was slight one worse. That was a seventeen. What about this weird tentacle? You guys go on ahead and look for the pigs. <laughs> there we go. That is a... That's a 21. So if I can get an A, then we're up to CR 8 or lower. <laughs> to harvest a trophy. I uh, did not aid. Kira actually does get in your face. I'm normally so helpful, but this is just one of those like long-standing party jokes that I am too committed to. So I and it's 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 nothing against the RP of this. I just love that we brutalize our corpses. <laughs> In uh, order to take a trophy, it's not pointless. Fine, fine. I aid. Let's see. Do I? You can still brutalize if you want. <laughs> nope, you rolled a two. 
Yep. Rolled a two for a three. <laughs> so I ate in the brutalizing. Additional brutalization. Sure. Halloween has no idea what you nut jobs are doing, and he's not helping. It's just this thing we do. It, you know, once you've defeated a creature, it's very honorable to rip it apart with your bare hands in just the least efficient way imaginable. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Asher just looks disgusted with himself <laughs> in this whole situation. We're trying to earn the trust of this town. To make it better for when Vargas definitely shows up and when we find a friend of a friend, which by the way, I mean Cassandra Lee. Come on, one more time, maybe let's get the whole head. Alright, I'll try one more time. Me too. Yes, a natural nineteen on the portal dice yep. would allow me to already be at CR eleven without any help. I, you have an aid, two aids. CR fifteen. Alright, you finally get what is left of the head of this thing. I canonically was going to different parts, so it should be most of the head. (laughs) So you have just like a 40-pound head that is just dripping with blood, much like all of you, except for Alwyn, are just absolutely coated in just entrails and horror show props basically and Alwyn's just standing there <laughs> watching all of this yeah he's just watching this with like not horror he's not he's just can very confused yeah, it's seem just, like decent people these eyes are absolutely filled with glitter yeah the whole thing is covered in glitter <laughs> uh, Brixby's gonna press the digitate us clean does um, your magical disc, can it accommodate the weight of this enormous severed head? I mean, yeah, but... Uh, Thank I you mean, for offering it. That's I, very kind. I guess I'm on there already. Well, you know, I could just ride on the head. Yeah, just put it on there. <laughs> it's good. 700 pounds. I can carry 700 pounds. Let's all just party on the disc. Yeah, we can all climb on there. <laughs> so... That was a beautiful moment of teamwork. Can't wait to see the uh, the Sam Raimi fan art of that. <laughs> this is how what Varguis or whatever are made. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we see any um, like farmer bits in the nest? Um, I would say with a little bit of searching and digging through, um, there are assorted bones in here. Badly gnawed in surly bones. Uh, maybe some surly bones. Definitely no Arastilian bones. I don't think. Uh, but They're pig bones also. We see pig bones. The pigs got pig away, bones, right? Oh. Human bones. All sorts of animal bones and corn bones. Oh just, no! Just crying. <laughs> don't know where these pig bones came from. Clearly, it was just a corn tree farmer. That's no, just Jeff being stupid. Um, well? Mm, should we check the house and make sure that no one is... I mean, maybe it hasn't been that long. Maybe this is some other guy it ate. Certainly would behoove us to search while we're here. If he's hiding in a storm cellar or something, then all the better news. Yeah, we can bring it its head and be like, congratulations, here's a glitter head. <laughs> no, that I want to bring to, um, uh, the man who I hope will allow us to call him 
Red Fang. It's kind of my my new goal to endear ourselves to one Aldrin Ashworth. Yeah. If for no other reason than alliteration. It's like my mom always said, the best way to endear yourself to a stranger who doesn't want you to use their fake nickname is bringing them a glittery monster head. She said that at least twice. (laughs) Truly the wisdom of an adventurer. It is an oddly specific scenario. I know. It's why we shop at Joanne's. So I imagine the thing that Brixby's riding on kind of looks like the Times Square ball if it was made entirely of meat. (laughs) (laughs) There is a concave element to this. So some of it's pooling for sure, but I imagine it's also just (laughs) tripping over the sides of the disc. Oh, you wanted this. So, uh, yeah, let's. (laughs) We look like the rescue party that I'm sure everyone would envision in a situation like this. Let's go save that guy. Send the head on the disc in first <laughs> into the house. Have it look it's like around. a fun practical joke. <laughs> yeah, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> That's a jump scare for you. <laughs> the head learned to fly. All these bones. Any uh, anything cool in that nest? Was he like sitting on top of a <laughs> of a plus three lucky firearm? Um, that looks like it's just bones. I mean, maybe this thing ate all the good loot and is just, you know, in its intestines waiting to be cut out even more gruesomely because we haven't had enough gore in Mm -hmm. this episode. But I mean, to be fair, uh, it would be a heal check instead of a survival check if we're going to harvest (laughs) internal organs. (laughs) If you want some monster parts. Sir, you know I do. You know Absolutely. I do. I wanted to make that joke about how our buddy Jason from 25 North is hooking us up with a conversion from Battle Zoo's Monster Parts to 1E, but it would be a lie. <laughs> Check out that podcast, though. Excellent podcast. Great stuff. Sadly, though, mm-hmm. in canon, Monster Parts won't be invented for like eight years. Monsters don't have parts yet. That's how it works. <laughs> All right, so um, are we checking out the house? Do it believe so All right, you do find um upon uh, approaching the uh, house via the somewhat scratched up front deck that the front door is not locked um it looks like it doesn't even have a lock actually it's a and uh opening the door reveals a very simple little house um it just has the one main area that looks like it's for eating, dining, and lounging, and then they sort of has a partition off for a bedroom on the other side. It's all very spare. He's got a bunch of farm implements and stuff in here, and all sorts of corn, just like in a, a bucket in the corner for, you know, tomorrow's meal. Um, oh, shucks. <laughs> uh, corn in the corner. How poetic. But um, it doesn't look like there's anything particularly interesting in here. It just looks like a very spare old man's home who lived by himself and didn't have any time for anybody. And we see no signs of personhood? No, nah, it doesn't look like anybody's been here. How In how long? Like, were you going to say I should let you finish the sentence? I mean, if you wanted to, like, roll a survival to see how how many days... Um, four? Um, probably no one's ever been here. Twenty-two? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, with the 22, Asher would guess, and there's not really any dust accumulated yet on like the most used surfaces, but at the same time, like the corn sitting out, clearly getting dried out. It's been a good three days since anybody's been in this house. So we're going to take the sample of the blood and compare it against the town hall records to see if it matches up with uh, the genetic sample Makes sense. Uh, that Hoskett was taking of everybody in town. He's been here for about 4,000 years, I think. CSI, crime scene, Yadenbay. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got there. Let's drop that episode title. Sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Just like they do in the show. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Alwyn, how far in did you go last time? I just stopped in the doorway. When I didn't see any animals, I turned back. Maybe we can go look more? Sure. Perhaps a peg or two has survived and become a beloved family friend of someone in town. If they don't have a Charlie's out here, perhaps <laughs> they could even have a pet slash meal of a pig. <laughs> I hear that's the tradition. Oh, there is, of course, a Charlie's in town. You, But it's not across the street from Oliver Oinker's Pig Emporium? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> uh, who runs that one? Their famous bacon bacon. <laughs> yeah, so um, if you head over to the pigsty uh, with the broken door that Alwyn found before, uh, you can easily push it in and find that. And there's a series of, like, separate pens, it looks like, uh, the farmer had it like set up to um, separate them as needed, uh, but most of the dividers between them have been like smashed up, and some of them have been repaired or rebuilt, but some of them just like the walls are on the ground. Um, so it looks like maybe something had been sort of coming through here and, and breaking in maybe, and taking the picking the pigs off one by one. So, this thing that was more than half the size of this building was busting through taking a pig and this guy was just rebuilding the door each time like assuming that it was fine oh he was complaining about it he was trying to get help <laughs> oh, another pig got out <laughs> he said there was a beast sounds like my grandfather it's about that time I realized this girl scout was eight stories tall and a big red glowing eyes that's how we were supposed to defeat the Yagua. We were supposed to offer it 350. That's what it needed. <laughs> so, how many magic items does he keep in his pigsty? We can just hand wave the identifying. <laughs> I think, sadly, is devoid of anything of value. This is a simple farming town. I don't know why you would expect to be rewarded for letting everyone get murdered by taking too long to get here. If you hadn't affixed Asher's gun, this farmer would still be we alive. Let everyone get murdered. We no. just let one guy get. Murdered. We should be careful about bringing this Yaguay head in there. They might charge us ten percent more on all of our purchases. <laughs> That's true. I think what Sam's really getting at is this guy didn't get along with the Arastal folk. So if we pull down the sconce next to his dining room table, it's going to open up to the high tech vault underneath his farmhouse where Cassandali is there sitting in front of a bank of computer screens. Book three. Done. <laughs> she turns around looking for Cassandra me. <laughs> Scene. <laughs> also pretty good. All right. 
episode idea contender. Oh, please write that note down, Sam, for when we do find her. Luckily, I've recorded it. <laughs> I don't know if you all know this, but I'm recording these. Oh. Wait, what? really? All of them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. There's so little content. <laughs> Don't you need, like, a written permission or something? I for don't that? know what you're talking about. Yeah, I swear, like, a lot. Yeah, okay, so there's no magical items anywhere. Everything has been eaten by the uh, Yao Guai, and that's, that's it. <laughs> Brix is going to do a yeah. fun thing for a second while he's still astride his disc and take a moment during his turn to pop up about 15-ish feet or so. Um, in his turn in an arc uh, and take a little peek while he's up there. Do I see anything else on the farm that we might not have seen from conservatively like 15 feet high? Um, just looks like corn is as high as an elephant's eye. It's like a trees. chicken coop or something, this littler thing <laughs> next to the big barn. Uh, it's like a tool slash supply shed. That's where the uh, ripped up bags of pig feed and stuff are. Okay. Let's get some real role-playing in. <coughs> Brixby looks down at the head below him. He says, It's odd. This is the uh, first time I've seen magic fizzle uh, against an enemy. I've heard of it before, sure. But I've always assumed it was weaker mages or... Hmm. Looks over at Halloween. You ever heard of anything like that, Halloween? Not really. Good talk. Rides the head out. All right. No, I know. I want to. I I'd love to get into that role play, but like that would be his answer. Unfortunately, no. No, that's perfect. Uh, is. We're going to leave it in scene. Uh, <laughs> Let's get some real role play in. I feel so bad, but that is actually what his answer to that would be. <laughs> like, no. Nailed it. That's fair. Now, Brixby does one of those, like, long stares, expectant, waiting for elaboration or, or something else. And it's just like, uh, all right. Uh, he grew up with weird dirt farmers in the woods. He has not seen anything like that. Well, uh, good job, everyone. Uh, that was a considerable foe. We laid low. Um, I've never seen anything like this. It's a, a yogwai, you say, big stuff. Uh-huh. I, I've never seen one either, but I think my mom told me about it once. She said they can look like lots of different things, and they're usually made, but but the process of making them is, it's bad. So it makes them go kind of crazy and they murder the people who made them and then they eat all the pigs. That last part was kind of editorializing just based on what we saw recently. I wanted to spice it up a little bit. Oh, now see, that part I have heard of. Spice? Well, just people making something and then it goes angry and hurts all of them. Yeah. I feel like we're seeing that more and more now. Oh, where did you hear of that? Well, I told you before, it's like when the people at the colony got me to bring the... And he 
says that weird word again in that weird buzzing language. But it didn't like them, and they didn't know how to make it work right, so it ate everyone. Or, not everyone, but it ate a few people. So that word, I I don't know what that word is. Could you describe what that that word is for us? And he'll say, oh, well, what about... And then he says a different word in another language that also sounds really weird and doesn't sound like something a human throat should be able to make. I'm going to roll linguistics. I didn't do it the first couple times, but I think with further elaboration, it kind of sounds like it's maybe a language and not just a weird name. It's a 19. No, <laughs> just <laughs> I got to see the digital die. It went from a 19 and just flooped onto a one. It's a nine, nine, big nine. 15 from uh, the Halich. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're generally speaking pretty tough to identify just because you don't hear anyone speaking them. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I would say then probably you guys don't recognize the word in either of those two languages. But yeah, he says it, and when you say I don't know that, he says it again in a different language that the second one is very, like, deep and guttural and kind of, like, almost wet. Uh, but you also don't understand it. Just the wettest language. <laughs> <laughs> How far down is Kira? Um, I have nine hit points of 74. What is that, math? So you're down 65. There it is. Good job, Jeff. Hey, thanks. Cool, cool. Uh, so many lay on hands, just like a real... Yeah, I was going to say, I can also cast a bunch of Cure Light wounds if we need them. I can cast up okay. to yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as you know, we're not immediately heading into any sort of combat, so I'm not concerned, but this, it's going to take a long time to sleep off, so just whenever we have time to heal people. Uh, here's 36. That's so many points. And I'll, I'll save my last lay on hands for myself, slash emergencies. And maybe while we're doing this die rolling, we're also heading back. Doing the heels as yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, giant I, head and toe. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I want to take up too much time doing this. We're doing other... I don't know how long your disc lasts, so I'd hit for us to get like halfway over the wall and then this head just start rolling down. <laughs> Seven hours. I would love for that to happen. Oh. Alright, so um, it's definitely getting later in the day by this point, but the gates are still open. Um, I think like you're just seeing the first hints of sunset, so it's, you know, it's like dinner time now, and the, the work day's winding down as you come through town and um, come back in through the north gate with the gigantic head and you just you know calmly healing one another and you got a rat man riding a giant skull or not it's not a skull it's still got not yet i mean asher did fail a couple of those but it still has <laughs> skin on there not on the head no. either it was Stop like it. he tried the <laughs> the lucky the lucky yagwai foot that wasn't very lucky it but the foot, head itself. claw tentacle <laughs> and then the head was good um, so you definitely get a lot of people like sort of looking at you and um, whispering to one another as they see the strangers carrying the Yaogwai head. No, I put it under the head friend blanket. Ah. <laughs> Callback. I like that. That was good. <laughs> and Alwyn goes, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and a tear forms in Asher's oh, eye. no. <laughs> uh. I guess this materializes out of the ether and says, that's my joke! <laughs> just punches and leaves. 
So I guess bricks. I imagine this is pretty funny trying to make it through the door, <laughs> right? Because like <laughs> the disc is a five foot square, but I'm sure the head isn't. So it's just like bump, bump, bump until it just eventually form fits the door. <laughs> And just slurps its way through. Shaved enough yeah. off the sides. Leaves a puddle. And just fur. And, oh, it's bad. But, so after the two minutes, Brixby, like, <clears throat> Hope it's uh, not too late for a tete-a-tete. <laughs> um, and Red Fang's there. Looks like uh, Hoskett is gone. Cricket Legs has gone back to the boneyard. But Red Fang will look over and see the skull of it, or the it's not a skull it's see the <laughs> see the head uh, that you brought in and like he'll immediately drop his pen and just be like what in the hells is that hey it turns out your friend wasn't lying about being in trouble oh also your friend might be dead sorry <laughs> he'll um take a deep breath and then said that was that was on Jevik's farm indeed in his corn tree orchard it ate all the pigs left the corn though there were human human bones and pig bones and blood trailing from his door to the orchard looked like nobody had been in there for days at least probably three days and he goes kind of red in the face there. It's, he reported it to the council five days ago, stalling on getting out there because it's it's never it's never a real problem. It's it's always just a you know it's a stray cat or I don't know nothing at all. The wind or somebody walked by looking at him weird. It's it's never a real problem. It's always on next door. <laughs> 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 My citizen app is blowing up. So yeah, nat 20 diplomacy for 33 to console Audrin Ashworth and say, you have a lot of responsibilities and you have made choices to do what is best for the town. And This is not your fault. We've taken care of the problem. No more people will be hurt by this creature. Was your friend... Was was he the kind of guy who would just, like, make stuff like this, do you think? Because from what you said, he sounds um, a little anxious and not, like, the kind of person to make a giant monster that would then turn on him and murder him. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to judge. Yeah, was was he, like, a Yagwai guy? <laughs> he definitely wasn't a, a Yagwai guy. He was a, a little strange, but um, I mean, we have mutants beasts of, that are warped and strange that wander through the countryside now and then. It's not usually anything anywhere near this dangerous, but anywhere near this big, but there's, you know, there's something about this land that warps things and points to himself and turns your mouth red or makes you a horrible bear monster. I just can't believe I ignored him the one time it was real. It's like, it's like some kind of, you know, nursery rhyme thing, or, you know, like they say to kids or something. Yeah. Well, tell all your kids not to ignore their friends in the future, and it should be fine. Sorry about, you know, 
monster head. Um, we put glitter on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of makes it worse. Like, that's horrifying. <laughs> See, I, I thought it would take up a nice three squares or so right up here above yeah, this communal family-style table. <laughs> Eat here. <laughs> if we, we clean it up, I mean, it doesn't fit the normal motif of, like, elk, but, yeah, maybe we could do something. Yeah, just just whack some antlers on there. I'm sure everybody will be happy. <laughs> you can make it a coat hanger. Ooh, or hats. <laughs> and he'll, he'll head behind the bar and um, grab this um, cloak thing that's hanging on the wall back there and um, come back around with it and say, uh, it's like looks like a, a long, thick shawl decorated with runes that sort of look like fire. And they'll say, I was very rude to you before, and I I apologize for that, and I, I thank you for what you did for the town. That was a great service, and you've spared us a lot of heartache. Uh, please take this as, my, as a token of our appreciation and uh, of my apology. And I will hand over the cloak. Is it also a token of your friendship? Maybe, like, the, the sort of entry-level, loosest possible kind of interpretation of friendship. Uh, Kira would like to take in her pouch pocket for a sticker that says Red Fang, but, like, in scare quotes, so it's not <laughs> official. There you go. Thank you for this, Audrin. Brixby's gonna give it a little spell crafty. That is a uh, 23. If it is magic, that is. Oh, it's magic. You are looking at a hearth mantle, which occupies the next slot and uh, glows with faint abjuration and evocation magic when you detect magic on it. It's a cloak favored by the faithful of a rastal, particularly those who rely upon the hunt for their livelihood. Um, when you have one, you never have to worry about building a campfire in the wild. Hearth Mantle Wearer gains a plus two confidence bonus on saving throws against all fire-based effects, and the mantle itself is immune to fire damage. Once per day, the wearer can cause the leather exterior of the mantle to smolder for one minute. While smoldering, it sheds light as a torch. And um, a user can take a full round action to spread the mantle on the ground, with its exterior facing up, which will immediately ignite a campfire from the rune on the mantle. That campfire will burn for eight hours and requires no fuel. Any creature that sleeps within 20 feet of the mantle for the full duration of the campfire recovers double the number of normal sleeping hit points as if they'd undergone complete bed rest for 24 hours. Nice. Nice. And you said neck slot, not shoulder slot? It's neck slot. It's a little bit weird. It's like... Huh. It's like a little poncho kind of thing. You can wear like one cloak on the front, one cloak on the back. That's a good look. And I feel like even if nobody wears that, just carrying it around so we can get that sweet campfire bonus when we sleep would be nice. Yeah, but I mean like, I just, my headcanon is Asher with a poncho, <laughs> which is not to force it upon him at all. I'm going like, to force it. If I envision What's he gonna do any when, the, when the swarm attacks, though? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I forgot that that's around your <laughs> oh, neck. Well, can't I choose to activate one or the other? 
So I've got this like oh, cool necklace under the poncho. And choose to have one as the. I mean, that's usually how like amulets, talismans, and rings are. You have to take a standard action mm-hmm. to activate something that occupies another like limited slot. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, I mean, it's it's not really gonna help. Brick's bow out too much unless we're fighting lots of fire. But it, I, I would agree with Jero. It is a good, like, out in the woods doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, that double healing sleeping is good. Because you heal so little when you sleep. I would agree. 100%. Um, once you take it, um, he kind of nods and, um, like, in a kind of almost pseudo bow sort of way he goes uh, I, and again I am sorry about my behavior before it's not the greatest time here and I, I'm stretched kind of thin but um, I haven't seen your your Khaled friend and I, I don't know anything about a, a woman coming through a few months ago we got uh, that group of outsiders down at the lumber yard and then there was a weird a really weird guy um, who came through before, but that's, that's about it. Uh, so wait, could you, could you describe that weird guy? As he looks around to the blood-soaked rat, whatever the heck Halloween is, the jack teenager and the cowboy, and like looks <laughs> back and is like, what is your perception of weird? <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, um, we don't get a lot of this here but he's like a big guy who's um he's he's like made of machinery or or something some kind of metal but um we've got him locked up right now because uh we got a situation with a technical league spy and obviously you know a metal guy shows up when you got a spy so they locked him up but he's he's not the spy he's not the spy and you know for sure because of how you asked him and he said hey I'm not a spy because people will say that even if they are spies I mean he might be a spy but he's not the only spy how long did you say he'd been here uh, he's been here a few days maybe a week did he do anything when you locked him up uh, he was really really peaceful about it like weirdly so just basically was like, if that's the law, whatever, I'll do it. You're the boss. Which is not, you know, how people usually react to being locked up. And has he done anything since, or is he still just chilling? As far as I know, he's, he's just sitting there. And, uh, how do you know you have a technically spy? Um, as far as how we know we have a spy, uh, we had to, well... Perhaps the elderman would be best to to tell you about that. I can introduce you to him tomorrow if if you'd like, but he knows more about that situation than I do. I'm kind of just trying to manage things here. Well, we're no friend of the Technicleague. Uh, so, I'm not a volunteer, but we'd also be happy as four recent additions to your town prior to this existence of a spy in helping you root out one. Maybe I misunderstood something, uh, Aldrin. Were you saying that you have a person in jail 
whose crime is being metallic? The, uh... I don't know how things are, where you come from, but in, in Eidenvay, if you're a machine, you, um, you're not welcome. All that stuff from beyond the stars or from under the ground, that's poison. That's... It's not welcome here. This man... I know he's not the spy, but at the same time, we still have a situation, and um, the people aren't gonna just let us let him go. I see. I certainly don't mean to disrupt your your customs, and I respect the teachings of old Deadeye. Perhaps we might be able to speak with this metallic prisoner and... Well, maybe a good start. And as I said before, I've never seen uh, a surer gauge of a man than Asher. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we can find that technically spy for you. Brixby spits, but in like a respectful way. He doesn't spit on like a table. Just maybe in a spittoon. <laughs> in his hand, puts it in his pocket, puts it on the, <laughs> inside the Fits head into itself. the uh, yeah, just mouth like, of the dead exactly, yaw yeah, totally. that makes the spittoon sound. <laughs> I like to think he now has a bandolier of empty spittoons that he can just spit in. <laughs> well, yeah, the help would definitely be welcome, but you have to keep it quiet. I mean, the first thing I, that's going to happen if people find out the spy is still at large as they're gonna look at the people who just got here well, if no. we haven't demonstrated discretion is our strong suit he says astride the recently beheaded <laughs> huge beast uh, soaked in blood <laughs> town. a single giant sweat drop <laughs> forms slowly <laughs> on the upper left side of his head if we talk to the guy in the jail and it turns out that he didn't do anything wrong except kind of be offensive to your ways, will you let him out? That's not my sole decision. We have to talk to the eldermen and convene the council and try to figure something out. You said that being made of metal meant you couldn't stay in town. So how come you didn't just kick him out instead of putting him in jail? Touche, sir. I'm, well, I mean, we thought he was the technically spy at first, but mostly, yeah, it's that we've got the spy situation, and we can't just say, oh, no, he's not the spy. We've got no spy. They're still at large. So if we find the spy, you let him go? Certainly be easier. I mean, we also don't know. I'm not to assume, but... We haven't spoken to this metal man. So, um, well, if, if you don't mind, uh, I'd, I'd love to see some of these people who have a positive charisma modifier <laughs> take a whack at this guy. Now, if you don't mind, um, we'd love to see this prisoner. So maybe we can get a better gauge. Yeah, we can do that. Well, um, I think Red Fang will lead you down, and let me just pop open the map of Idenvay. 
Yep, you're all in high home right now, which is right at the center of the screen. By now, it's kind of totally getting a little bit dark, and as Red Fang leads you through and sort of points out what's what on the on the way through town, as you go into this southeastern side of town, which is a hill tell you that the bell quarter but i'm gonna avoid doing his voice a little bit because it's starting to hurt me and <laughs> um he'll lead you up to the bell tower which is as it um as described is a little bit of a, a tower with a little with a kind of secured building underneath it and there's some guards outside um and he'll step up to the guards and, and just say um i'm gonna bring these people into visit with the prisoner guards will let him through and undo the lock and go in the the tower itself is a 120 feet tall so it's, it's the tallest thing in town other than the the hill and the stuff sitting on the hill um now bring you down through to the actual cell and let me see if i can pop this fella up on the screen the guy who is i will say that whilst walking, Asher will have loaded an adamantine round just cash <laughs> in his non-technological mundane firearm. Oh. Is it, this is the guy guarding the cell, or is this the guy in the cell? This is the guy in the cell. Um, so as you come to see him, this is a um, big tall guy who is standing um, up pretty straight in the cell um, and just sort of stand staring straight ahead and um, as you come in there's not really any expression on his face as he just stands there um, and Red Fang says uh, here he is our uh, drifter and the, the man will look over at you and say Hello. What can I do for you? Can we assume because he's in a jail cell, he doesn't have a giant gun? Or is that... Yeah, he doesn't that have dumb? that giant gun. He's, he's just chilling in there, gun-free, um, despite the artwork. And um, why don't you all give me a uh, perception check? It's only an eight total for Asher. Natural 20... For a 31. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. So perceptive right now. Yeah, 24. Somewhere in between all of that. <laughs> so I think uh, for Alwyn and Asher, this fella just sounds like a guy speaking comment, but something is hitting Brixby and Kira's ears weird, and they can feel like he's not speaking comment. It he's it's really hard to figure but like your brain is automatically making the words into common in your head but what you're hearing is something different does he have like a radius of tongues around him or something or is there a knowledge we can roll on this yeah the, the knowledge. two of us that have acknowledged that this is happening here and i uh knowledge planes Ooh. It's just a 19 for Brixbean. I don't have knowledge plans. I'm going to say a 19. Yeah, a 19 with your um, 
perception check to notice what was going on. Uh, you think you're hearing true speech, which is a rather strange ability to, essentially, as long as a creature is capable of language, it can understand you. Brixby's going to turn to the rest of the group. Uh, huddle up. And, and not the, like, surprise round. Decimate the enemy. Huddle the other huddle. No, we're not allowed to have those anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, we're banned. <laughs> um, so, weird thing. Uh, they're not speaking uh, that Taldane that we all know. They're speaking something else. Uh, what we have heard is true speech. When they speak, we all hear it in something scrutable. So we are collectively scrutating. Uh, but no, seriously, this is weird. Alwyn. Yeah, now that he said that, could I roll a planes roll? Like, would that help us with anything? Yeah, you could roll a knowledge planes to see if you can figure out what's going on here. Very high bonus to that, but I rolled a two, so he's got nothing. Uh, Kira's going to poke her head out of the huddle and say to our not Asher gun friend, um, just can you understand what I'm saying, uh, but an orc, which is the most impressive language that she has, and hopefully one of her friends with more impressive language skills will jump in with something that isn't that. Yeah. <laughs> he says... Of course I can understand you. Uh, I think Alowin will uh, just go through the gamut of his uh, one, two, three, nine languages and basically just, can you understand me now? But in all of them. And, yeah, you get an affirmative every single time. He seems to just be able to understand everything. But he's always replying in this uh, weird non-language where your brain just understands yeah. it, even though... Hears it as, yeah. yeah. So do we hear it as common, or do we hear it as, like... Like, is it one of those things, like, if someone grew up speaking Russian, but they know English, like, they would hear it in Russian? It's, you know, whatever like the they, language of your really inner cool. dialogue, basically... It just yeah. comes across yeah, like as what you hear in your head is what they yeah yeah. So I don't think he even hears it in common. So Brixby's gonna turn to Asher in particular and be like, "Oh yeah, I don't know if he's from here. They, it, it's from from here. Uh, that's some some plainer plainer situation here." Kind of like that uh, chitin or something else we ran into earlier. Hmm. Well, seems perfectly amenable to remaining imprisoned. Hasn't made any violent moves towards us. And Asher would uh, also exit the huddle and just look to address the drifter and say, Pardon, uh, curious conversations. I haven't yet introduced myself. I'm called Asher Halich, and what might your name and pronouns be? I'm he, him. It is a pleasure to meet you, Asher Halich. My true name is hidden from me. I have been called the Drifter 
and that will suffice as a name. My pronouns are he, him. Well, it is a pleasure to meet you, the Drifter. So many questions. Uh, You say that your true name is hidden from you. Is this something that another entity has done to you? I am in covenant with a woman named Nanask Kool, and I am bound to her service to complete my task until the task is completed. My true name is hidden from me, and I will remain here. Well, I can certainly respect one's dedication to fulfilling a mission. So you're, you're brought here, or you've arrived here as part of a covenant. Is that why you're allowing yourself to remain here in captivity, despite, as far as we know, having committed no crimes? I am bound at all times by the law. I have broken the law of this place with my possessions and my being which is forged of metal, and as such, I am bound to be imprisoned here. I have asked to be freed, but I must wait for the law to work its course. It can be a burden at times to abide by the laws and regulations, yet I admire your commitment to doing so. We may well be able to impart, to to speak on your behalf uh, to those who are keeping you here, but I am I'm curious if, you, if you'd be willing to and are able to, by your covenant, to tell us more about the service, the task you've been asked to complete and what that has to do here with the town of Idenvay. I have been bound to contain the threat from a Zell Matriarch by the name of Shadrax. For two hundred years she has been contained beneath the land, but in a mining camp not far from here, the miners have cracked through the protective barrier, and I fear that the Zell population may soon be free and may be growing. I came to see if the miners could be stopped, if the mine could be sealed, but I have run afoul of the law in this place. Oh my, that is that is certainly an outcome we don't want to happen. We recently encountered Zill ourselves, uh, known as Zagbander. That was likely the spawn of Shadrax. She ran rampant over this place before I was summoned, before Nanesk Kool stifled her efforts and contained Shadrax and her many young. This Nanesk Kool, I wonder if she might be the very same person of whom Zagmander said was bound beneath a town north of here, uh, by a curse, she said, long ago of a Kellid woman. She was indeed a Kellid woman. She has been dead for quite some time. 
Do you know by what means we might be able to seal this mine? It, it sounds as though Nenis Kul was of great power. I don't know whether a, a mundane ceiling of rock would be enough. The ceiling of rock is only part of the prison. There is a curse upon the matriarch and her spawn that prevents them from walking the plains. But I fear that if she is able to free herself from her mountain prison, she may find those amongst the populace with powerful enough magic to break that curse. Before we go any further, I do want to give Jeff's incredible note-taking some a sky medal just to recognize catching the um, reference to the oracle that bound Zagmander possibly being the same oracle. Thank you. But I did tell you <laughs> that since you killed Zagmander there would be more Zills. There's Zill be Zills. <laughs> there are more Zills. There's a sidebar <laughs> in book two. If the PCs kill Zagmander... <laughs> I'm wondering if we need to ask other people who have played this. So, there's a Zill colony you have to fight in book three, right? That was in your guys' version. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to roll a knowledge geography. I'm going to tell you why. That's a pretty good roll. Um, this is a total of a 23. The mining camp, how does that line up with the dot on the doodad that is not? Idenvay. Ooh, yeah. But that you said was, I believe, north of Idenvay. Um, it is north, but more um, northwest, where the um, there are some actual hills and, and cliff sides to dig into, whereas the dot is um, more further north and more to the northeast uh, along the Dagger River. Cool, cool. It's like, whoa, maybe that's it. And, oh, so we have we keep having all these like which which way do we go? Welcome to Oops All Side Quests, the book. <laughs> Would he be able to give us more uh specific directions on where this mining camp is, or is it the only mining camp and so we can like precise. totally fight it? Oh, he can give you such precise directions. Like painfully precise. We do we do we think we wanna talk to the town council people about this like like Alwyn wouldn't be thinking this because he d he doesn't know what the heck a zill is or he might if I do a roll on it but he wasn't there for that fight but the rest of our party knows how dangerous one of these things is like I feel like this was something like that we should bring to the <laughs> uh, what were they called again the council of what uh, dead eye uh, council dead eye council like bring to them and say like okay yeah this guy's kind of a robot but he isn't a robot and also we need to let him out so he can lead us to these horrifying uh zerg monsters that are going to be unleashed well you do have a council member right here hearing all this stuff yeah yeah you. listening this yeah. yeah like they didn't think to ask this guy this before actually you know what Halloween is going to turn to him and say has he talked about this with you before? Yeah, um, I mean, this is pretty much all he talks about, but, um, 
you can't just take a guy at his words like, yeah, he's in prison, and he, oh, uh, I've got to get out of prison because i got to save the world, you know? It's, it's, it's like the first thing that everybody goes to. Have you bothered to go check this mine? It seems like it would be fairly simple to tell whether he's telling the truth or not. I mean, do you remember how I was running around trying to catch a spy, trying to find the monsters that apparently I'm not even finding, and we got a, you know, we got a, a lot of situations. You've, you've for sure been busy, and I hear you, but remember how just a little bit ago you didn't want to check on your friend, and then we went to check on your friend, and your friend was dead? So this could maybe be one of those things that, you know... Let's let's just poke into it. Point taken. Yeah. Now, um, I understand, and I'm sure we can all sympathize that uh, the veracity of this individual's story is not really what's at play here. It is the public perception. There is a spy. We should find this spy. I think we should find this mine as well, but we're not going to get this metal man free unless, well, I'm sure, you know, maybe we can try to talk sense into uh, one of the elders tomorrow, but, you know, we knew what we were getting into. No offense, Red Tooth, Red Fang. Oh, that's extremely offensive, and I don't know who Red Tooth is, but... <laughs> Sound, sounds like a jerk. She has a rather amazing accent, actually. Yeah, she's got a good range. <laughs> Again, it's it's more the Elderman's place, but I think that they're just trying to find something here, and and as far as we know, they haven't found it. So, I mean, you do what you want. We've been dealing with them before you got here. We'll keep dealing with them. I don't know, kill two birds with one stone. Do you think we can convince your elder people to let them out? You can certainly try. I can be convincing if I'm in the right mood. Now, is that like diplomacy convincing, or is that like threatening with that that oversized hammer convincing? Or like the, the chihuahua thing? We'll see how much convincing they need. I can be nice. Or not. Uh, if we need, you know, the nice kind of convincing, my friend Asher's really good at that. I mean, you can pitch your case to the Elderman tomorrow. Uh, he's he's an old man. He'll be in bed by now. We used to travel with an old man, too. He screamed a lot and woke up very early. In fact, he's the one we're looking for with the burned face. Doddering old Kellen. Ancient. Uh, well. We're 74, by my assessment. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to let people know you're looking for an ancient, ancient, decrepit, geriatric, just venerable Kelly. Oh. He was 54. <laughs> 69 at the youngest, absolutely. Uh, just, he, he had the middle-aged template. Just making some notes here. Would you say stooped with age? Yes, absolutely. Literally bent in half. <laughs> Yes, he used to punch things because he couldn't unlock his fingers. Crushed under the weight of years. <laughs> I know that feel, bro. <laughs> Me too. Oh my god. 
Uh, so I think the the drifter, as I said, is more than willing to draw you a amazingly precise map with like arrows with exact measurements on them, uh, showing you like practically photographically um, how to get there. Thank you. I I appreciate your service in this regard, and hope that you are not horribly killed by the Zills. They are very, very dangerous. You will almost certainly be killed. Okay. Yes. Well, we recently obtained a really cool bastard sword, and my backup character is probably going to be excited about it. <laughs> Ash will tip his hat. Walk away. I'm sorry that they put you in here for existing. We'll try and fix it. And also, you know, the whole Zill thing. And then, yeah, bow. Still don't have a hat. <laughs> All right. And I think as you end your meeting with the Drifter, the strange, semi-mechanical, possibly, man, locked up in Idenvay, and maybe head back to High Home with Red Fang, and the sun has officially set on your first day in Idenvay, I'm going to bed. Night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Nice week walk back to high house he goes so what's a zill the Machine is property of Network Against the Machine, LLC, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are property of Paizo Publishing. See their website for more details. Theme Against the Machine was written and performed by our own Zach. See the show notes for additional music and sound licensing. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review. Remind me again that very mean man with the hat was technically right. The one we... Yep. Mm-hmm. What mean man are you talking about, my guy? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Sorry, the, the mean man that you killed entirely on your own and left in the forest? Because that's what it sounds like. I mean, you may have a 23 charisma. Let's go, bluff to bluff. We don't have to mention the forest at all. I'm in town. <laughs> Jerome literally just told on himself while you were gone. He was just like, we murdered a law enforcement official and they're gone. Uh, That's what happens when Jeff leaves the table. Question one. How is your chest exposed, but your arm apparently betrays some sort of undershirt below this double-breasted situation you have going on is is, is it just like just sleeves or something i just want to okay we're gonna cut this out but i need (laughs) he's got like the arm version of leg warmers on just just sleeves i'm protecting you from the guns you gotta watch out for the guns they'll get you Q five minutes of Asher and this guy taking each other to the gun show. 
literally just <laughs> he flexes and then Asher pulls out a gun and then he flexes Insane. and Asher pulls yeah. out another gun. <laughs> and it's like, Asher's what are you 18? Strength. Do you want to buy this? No, I'm kidding. But no. <laughs> sorry, it's a gun show joke. Uh, we're going to cut this whole thing out. It's going to be fine. <laughs> no, I've, we've got to keep the fashion questions in. They're very important. The fashion questions are fine. Yeah, that's, that's good. You wouldn't and like their babies. He just doesn't like them. Yeah, no, he hates babies. Him that is specifically. False. He is lawful anti-baby. I have a pound and code to protect especially children from harm. But children, not babies. Babies are the anathema. The children are fine. How does it's, your it's, code it's, feel it's, about Zildren? <laughs> <laughs> Zodlers, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you should feel very proud of yourself I did not mean that to be funny it is a simple portmanteau I wanted to save time I respect <laughs> your efficiency 